You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. 30 minutes away from our conversation with JT O'Sullivan, the QB school. Very excited about this conversation. We'll talk all things Aiden O'Connell. So I'll encourage you right now, if you have a question for JT that you'd like us to ask, hit us up. 69187 keyword r Again, 69187 keyword r and text line. Line it up, man. This guy, he breaks down film, talks all things quarterbacks, and we have him on the radio show coming up in 30 minutes. So very excited about that conversation. But right now, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Mitch, in New Jersey. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mitch? How you doing, Booty? I mean, too. <laughs> booty, 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 rocking everywhere. <laughs> hey, I, I think the Raiders can win, Ted. They have, they have great offense. I mean, even uh, – the Ravens quarterback from when they won the championship, uh, his name escapes me. Even he could throw uh, 3,000 yards with these receivers. Jimmy's much better than him. I'm much better than he's going to credit. So I like our chances. 10 wins will get into the playoffs. It's a tough conference. I think we'll get three teams from AFC West, and hopefully he's not the Jets. And one more guy, one question. Has anybody signed Dominic Sue? What the hell is the Raiders? Oh, thank you for the call, Mitch. I appreciate you. And- I don't know about Sue. I don't, I don't even know where he's at right now. I mean, last year he didn't sign until late. Remember when he signed with Philadelphia? That was late into the season. I, I think that the, it's kind of the end of the road, honestly, with him. He might sign with a team at some point that he feels like has an opportunity to go win the whole thing like he did with Philadelphia. Uh, I, don't, I don't see him. I kind of feel like Sue, if you sign him now, you're signing Sue the name. You're not signing Sue the game. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's how I feel about the situation. He's not – Prime and Dominican Sue. I think he's just Sue. <laughs> right? So we'll see. I don't know when he'll pop up on someone's roster, if he plans on p- popping up on someone's roster. I know that last year there was conversations about him wanting to be a Raider, and that's great. Uh, everyone wants to be a Raider, right, at some point, but especially when you don't have a job. <laughs> right? But there's there's that. So I, I don't know. I don't know if that's really uh, some some reality or not. And, it's, you know, as far as the Raiders winning 10 games, I mean, if things go right, and I mean really right, I could see it. But a lot of things have to go their way, right, where they had a lot of things not go their way, including them blowing double-digit leads last year, right? That, that obviously went against them. That was their, their doing, not someone else's doing. That was on them. That's what the biggest thing is. They've got to – and that's why I'm really leaning on the defense. They've got to be able to be that team. They've got to be able to be that unit where they get that double-digit lead. You know it's lights out, right? I mean, how many times have you watched a game and you see a team get up by 14 or 17 points and you're like, church, <laughs> right? Because you already know. Oh, they ain't giving that lead up, right? It's almost like Kansas City. Kansas City gets up 14, 17 points on the team. It's a wrap, right? Not because their defense is going to shut you out, but just because, oh, well, there ain't no way you can catch up and stop them too, right? So, I mean, at some point, you'd like the Raiders to be a team like that where they get a lead and you know that they got a lead, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a wrap, you know? But too many times, how many times do we, we as fans, we as media, we as everybody are on the edge of our seat with 30 seconds left in the game? Well, the Raiders got to get a stop here. Oh, man, if they do, you know what I mean? Like, there's just too many times where the, your, your heart is pounding out your chest until, until the clock says zero 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 and it's, it's done deal. I remember that Houston Texans game last year at Allegiant Stadium. They were up by a, a, a decent amount. I felt like they were going to win the game. But until Jerron Harmon got that pick six, I was like, well, you know, there's still a chance. 
Their defense isn't really stopping them, but then do do Harmon came up with that interception and took it to the house, and that's what you do as church. Paul from Temecula, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? Thanks for having me on, man. I yes, appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. Hey, um, so uh, to answer your question, I, I think the, the Raiders are going to surprise um, other teams um, about being uh, just a, a smarter team, a more disciplined team. I think um, not having, you know, self, self-inflicted penalties um, and just overall understanding uh, the game, the concept better from the coaching staff. And uh, not, not losing games by having stupid penalties, man. So I, I think they're going to improve and surprise other teams by, by um, not giving the game away, you know? Like, I like not, it. Wait, not wait for the Raiders to jump off sides and, 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 and continue uh, a drive to go on and, and lose by a field goal, you know? So I think that's how they're going to surprise teams. Um, like, like, let's say, like, we all, we all agree that, you know, we want to see improvement and there might be improvement on the offense and the defense side of the ball. And I think they're, they're really going to surprise teams by just uh, from the head up, from the neck up, you know, yeah. just a disciplined side. So that's all I got, Q. Thanks. Hey, great call. And I remember that's something we talked about a lot last year, <laughs> right? How many times did we talk about that during training camp last year? Because that was a big storyline. And, I, look, I don't really toot my own horn too often and take credit for stuff, but that conversation that we had last year started with the conversation and the question I asked Coach McDaniels about – learning to not beat yourselves before you learn to win. And he made me repeat the question to make sure he knew exactly what I was talking about. And when I repeated it, it made sense. And he gave us a great answer. I don't really know where it's at right now to try to locate it, but it's like a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute answer, and it was fantastic. And it was all about not beating yourself. And what Paul just said, not jumping off sides, not late-hit penalties, right? Not dumb stuff that's not that, – that's, not necessary, right? I mean, there's going to be times where a holding is going to get called, right? You can call a holding on every play. But late hits, quarterback going out of bounds, something like that, that's, that's undisciplined football. Jumping off sides, undisciplined, right? False starts when you know the snap count, undisciplined. And that was, before the, that was way before even the first preseason game, only because I know that we've, we focused in on that all preseason long on if they were going to do that. And – the guys that played in the preseason last year did a great job of just that. No turnovers, very limited amount of penalties. They did a great job. Didn't translate when the regular season came. So hopefully it does this year, even though the starters only played, what, a, a drive, maybe a drive and a half for the Raiders this, uh, this training camp. Hopefully, like Paul just said, it's, 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 uh, it's better between the ears now. They've got it upstairs. So uh, good stuff, Paul. Thank you for that call. That's, that's really, like I said, really good. Uh, the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We're asking the questions here. The Raiders will surprise people this upcoming season because what? Or the Raiders will disappoint this season because what? And uh, Devin in San Diego said they will disappoint if they don't have better coaching than they did last year. They will surprise if their defense starts to actually turn the corner. As Devin in San Diego, so he gave us one of both. And he's talking about the coaching. And I think that the coaching does have to be better. I say it all the time. If you're going to call a question to coach, do it. You know, just be fair about it. And I think that that's fair. And I'm not just talking about Josh McDaniels. I'm talking about all the coaches. I'm talking about Patrick Graham. I'm talking about Coach McDaniels. I'm talking about Mick Lombardi, Jason Simmons, right, Rob Leonard, all, all the coaches. Uh, it's, not, it's not exclusive to just one. They all have to be better. They all have to put their team in better positions, understand what they do well, and not just try to force them to do what they want them to do, but do what makes them them, what makes them special. 
That's what they have to do, put him in a better position. And Coach McDaniels on, on Bustin' with the Boys was talking about that. He was talking about the, uh, the, the fact that the coaches have to be better. And, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was refreshing to hear some accountability while he was on that podcast with Will Compton and Taylor Lewan, if you didn't hear it, here's just a little snippet of what he had to say. This is really just Coach McDaniels taking accountability. Last year, like, you brought up the 59 minutes of the game. Like, it felt like the boys always played solid mm-hmm. until that fourth quarter, until later yeah. in the game, and just a player two that matter. Yeah, we, 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 have to, we have to get better at that. That's not just a that's – a, that's a everybody. You know, coaching, playing, situational awareness – um, we had leads and we got to learn how to close. You know what I mean? It's like being ahead in a boxing match and instead of being content and saying, Hey, let's just win it on points. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's go knock the guy out, you know? And so, you know, if we get in that situation again this year, hopefully we'll have a, a better idea of what we need to do to keep playing the way we're playing because that's mm-hmm. how we got the lead. And so we just didn't, we didn't quite establish that last year and that's, that's my fault. So we have to do a better job. No doubt about it. They've got to do a better job. That's right to Devin's text. Devin texted it. Josh McDaniel said it. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's not, it, it's, it's cut and dry. It's simple. It's not, it's not some kind of algebra. It's basic blank, bleeping math. One plus one equals two. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. They will disappoint if they don't have better coaching than they did last year. They will surprise if their defense starts to actually turn the corner. Again, Devin in San Diego, thanks for that text. We do appreciate you. 702-365-9200 is unnecessary. Rough this year on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go out to the phone lines. Roger, you're up next. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Uh, this is my first first call. Oh, nice. And I'm a shut-in. I'm 78, but I look forward to you and KT every single day. Nice. And – once in a while, when I get down to Arizona, Charlie's, I have my Raider shirt and hat. <laughs> a lot of a lot of young dudes there. They say Raiders down, the Raiders down. I said, "Come on, fellas!" I said, uh, "Raiders are kind of tough last year, but this is completely different." I believe that we I got to win between nine and eleven games. I really do with my heart. Tell me that. All right, we have to get Roger back. I was hoping that he was going to – I think he took the phone away from his mouth on accident. See if Ari, see if you can get – I want to get Roger back on, man. That Man, you can't have a first-time call and then not be the the right call. All I got was he was at Arizona Char- Charlie's hanging out with the Young Bucks, and they weren't too high on the Raiders. So I'm, hopefully my man Ari is working on getting Charlie Doing back. Try here. All right, go ahead. Roger, welcome, welcome back to the show. Hey, here I am. All right, um, there you go. No, I, I'm still Ninety percent of the Raider fans can't tell you the, about the Heidi game, <laughs> right? That's a long time ago, and I I was been following the Raiders ever since. And I I believe that we will win between nine and eleven games this year because just because of the people that he brought in, another year's experience, and I believe in this system. Yeah. <laughs> I will never, ever put the Raiders down even if they win three games. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a die, diehard fan, and I enjoy your program so much. Thank you very much. Hey, Roger, great call, man. Roger, there you go. Give it up for Roger. Give it up for Roger. All right. Well done. Great call. I love it. He said, I'll never put the team down. Right? I don't care if they win three games. I love it. I love it. Great stuff from Roger. Definitely appreciate the call, my man. And thanks so much for tuning in to JT and this show. I definitely appreciate you. And without Raider Nation, we're, we're, just, we're just a couple dudes talking. So I'm glad that you're able to enjoy the show. And uh, I like what he said. Ari said 9-11. to 11. 
right? He, he's got them anywhere between 9 and 11, and, and he believes in the system. He believes in the players that have been brought in, and now he's just ready to go see him make it happen. So, hey, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, I am. That's A-OK. Roger, shout out to you, man. Definitely appreciate the call. Uh, Snake Man said, Raiders will surprise because of their pass rush. Once Typhoon Wilson gets rolling, uh, we'll be bone crushing. Unleash the beast. Patty, unleash the beast. Patty G, uh, Snake Man. There you go. I love the fact that Snake Man has nicknames for everybody. <laughs> he's, got snake, he's got nicknames for everyone. And then he called in this morning, and he was uh, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, he referenced the old Van Halen song that's a fantastic Van Halen song, and he was talking about Jimmy and it. It was great, and uh, Clay and, and Lindsey and Vinny had a really good time with it. That was, that was some fun stuff as well. But, uh, yeah, he was talking about Jimmy G and, you know, all, everything he's got going on. I'll tell you, man. I don't know what Jimmy's going to do on the field as far as, you know, stay healthy. Obviously, that's the big question when it comes to him. But that dude, it's almost like every single day, I feel like Raider Nation likes him a little bit more and more each and every day. All right, he just seems like he's a dude that everyone's starting to get to know, including myself. And he just seems like a cool, calm, chill type dude. I like the fact that he threw a little shade towards the 49ers. And why not? Right? And then Kyle Shanahan to actually, like, get mad and, and, and try to throw shade back at him. Well, I'm not paying attention to what he's got to say. I mean, the, Hey, look, man, Jimmy has all the rights to throw the shade at the 49ers all he wants. These cats put him on the field by himself. Hey, man, you go over there. Like, they basically kicked him out of practice. Like, you go play on that field by yourself. You take your ball and you go home, Jimmy. We don't want you. They literally sat at the podium and said, we don't want him. We're trading him. And then they couldn't trade him. And so then he's on the field by himself, playing on the third field. Not even – it's like if he was at the Raider facility, the, the team would be at, the, at one field and Jimmy would have been on the far field by himself. Special teams wasn't even around him. He was out there by himself. And then all of a sudden, when push came to shove and everybody got injured, it's like, oh, damn, what do we do? Uh, well, you know, there's that, there's that guy over there. I mean, he can throw the ball. Do you want to go get him? Yeah, man, call him, see, if, see him if he wants to play some football. Hey, Jimmy, man, you want to be part of the team? And he did. He didn't, he didn't be and moan about it. He did it. So you got to give him a lot of credit. And that's why every time leading up to training camp, when we didn't know a lot about Jimmy, and I'll be the first to say I didn't know much about him, all the people we reached out to and talked to and learned about Jimmy from said, I, you know, the one thing you'll, you'll appreciate is that nobody, nobody dislikes him. Everyone thinks he's a hell of a leader. He's a hell of a guy. And I was like, eh, I just think he's a pretty boy. He's one of those. You know, I, I ain't going to lie. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, he's just one of them pretty boys. And that's, you know, you, you looked at cats in high school, right? I never hung with the pretty boys because we weren't pretty boys, right? We were just our dudes. But there was that crew that you're like, oh, yeah, those are the pretty guys. I ain't hanging out with them cats. Those guys are soft. I'm, I'm good, man. Like, I'll be the ugly dude with, with the cool guys. Let him, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good. But that's all, that's all you really think of because that's all you ever hear with Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy this, Jimmy that. But he seems like a pretty cool dude. Seems like a pretty cool dude. I feel like he fits in, too, which I did not see because I had the same perception as you based on yeah. everything I see. But he's kind of just fit right into this group and actually seems to be not just fitting in, like really, really thriving, and it's not even – we haven't even started yet. So Right. That's, it does feel like he's thriving. It really yeah. does. And, and, you know, again, I, I, I study body language a lot. I like to look to see how people – just like I saw Jermaine Illuminor during practice and training camp, and his body language was terrible one day. And I told Paul Gutierrez and Vinny, I was like, man, he looks like someone just stole his lunch money. Right? I mean, it looks like a bad day to have a bad day for Jermaine. And to his credit, days following that, he was much better. But that day, he just looked bad. I, I study body language a lot. And Jimmy and the guys around him all the time always seem to be laughing. All the guys seem to be in a good mood. You know, he always has a smile on his face. 
I don't know how much you paid attention to the sideline in that Cowboy game, but, man, Devontae was dying, right? I mean, everyone that was around him was just dying, just laughter. That tells me a lot because somebody's going to come out and be like, Devontae hates being in Vegas. He wants to get out of there. He doesn't like Jimmy G, but yet he's on the sideline rolling, right? So I'm not listening to the guy in New York that's trying to pound the table so the, the, somebody believes that the Jets are going to make a trade for Devontae Adams. I'll believe what I see with my eyes. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll believe what I hear from Devontae over the guy sitting in New York hoping that, that all of a sudden Devontae Adams is a Jet. Because that's out there. Those narratives are out there. But they're out there for a reason. There's no accountability a lot of times for things that people say recklessly. And that's not even reckless. That's just guys just hoping that that happens. <laughs> right? That's just it kind of is what it is. But there you go. Good stuff. Uh, definitely appreciate uh, all the calls, all the texts. Uh, continue to hit us up. You know, 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword R&R. The Raiders will surprise people this upcoming season because what? The Raiders will disappoint people or disappoint this season because what? Jordan, Utah County, said, I think the Raiders will surprise because of the shift in McDaniel's philosophy. He said in an interview you played on Bust with the boys that he planned to adjust his strategy when up, when, uh, up games to be more aggressive. I think that will make a shift in the close losses. And that's going back to what we just heard from Coach McDaniels where instead of trying to hold on to the lead and win on the scorecard, and we're in Vegas. We know about boxing, right? <laughs> you can't allow the judges to make a decision. If you go to the judges in boxing, guess what? You're going to lose. You've literally got to knock folks out. Nothing surprises me in boxing anymore. Anytime it goes to the scorecard, it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that guy lost. I can't believe they judge it like that. I said, what, what, you, you can't? You can't? Are you serious? Have we not seen years on top of years on top of years of this evidence? If you don't knock them out, and if you have to go to the scorecard, I could win. Seriously. Like, I might not even be in the fight. They'd be like, you know what? The third guy won. Who's that? Q. How did he do that? The judges said he won. Don't know how, but he did. The judge, I mean, they'll, man, they'll gift you a victory. So he's right. You can't just try to hold on. How many times did people complain about Gruden all the time with that? Oh, he gets conservative. He just tries to run out the clock, run out the clock. You heard Josh McDaniels just a few minutes ago. Try to knock him out. Do what you did to get there and then go knock him out. That's what, that's what it has to be, especially now. Offenses are too damn good, right? Teams can catch up way too fast. You get a play here, a play there, all of a sudden you look it up, you're like, man, I was just up 17 points, now I'm up three. And there's a whole quarter left to go, right? I mean, all of a sudden it gets dicey quick. I, I will never forget week two last year, if you want a perfect example, up 20 at halftime, Nelly was performing, everybody in Allegiant Stadium was getting hot in her. I was feeling good about myself. That was the second time I had seen Nelly in three days. I thought that was my homeboy. Because he was at the M Resort. We had a bunch of friends from Texas in. I mean, I'll tell you, think about this whole weekend. We had a bunch of our friends, our close friends in from Texas. They all stayed at the crib, too. So the house was packed, right? But we treated them to the, the Raider game, went out to the M Resort, saw Nelly perform, right? It took us back to being young, and there we having a good time. We're going to go to the game and watch the Raiders win their first game of the season. And then we find out, oh, Nelly's performing here, too. Oh, great, cool. Raiders get up 20-0. Amik's already had an interception. Great things are happening. And then the performance happens. Press box is losing their mind, right? I see Tashawn Reed, who's from St. Louis, is, you know, he's having a good time. I'm having a good time. You know, we up here talking about us getting hot and her and all. You know, we doing all that. Until we weren't. <laughs> and then the second half happened. And then Kyler Murray went Kyler Murray on everybody. He starts running around the damn building. Like, I thought he was at the concession stand at one time. He was running so much. I mean, that dude was running, like, circles. And when he scored that touchdown after running around for what felt like about five minutes before he got tackled, when he scored that touchdown, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is going to be an L. 
this is really going to happen. And I remember walking out to the car, and I did, I did locker room after that. So all our friends from Texas, they all rode in with us, rode in with me, parked in the media spot, right, so they didn't have to pay for parking. All rode in with me. I gave them the keys. I was like, oh, just meet me in the car after the locker room. I'll get there. I got there, man. You could hear, you could hear a mouse pissing on a, on, a, on a cotton pillow, man. It was so quiet in that car. Everyone was like, I don't know what I just saw. <laughs> I don't know what I just saw. I don't know. And I felt bad. I was like, man, I told you guys we're going to have a good time, and you had a half a good time. <laughs> Second half, not so much. So, yeah, man, that, that, that should have been a knockout blow game. You're up 20 nothing at halftime. you got to come out clicking on all cylinders and boom, put up a touchdown immediately, get a turnover immediately, or get the ball back, boom, score again, done. So they can say, oh, that's church. They, they tried to call church at 20 nothing, And even in Madden, you got to be up 21 nothing. Right? Even in Madden, you got to be up three touchdowns before you pass the sticks. So it just didn't happen. They can't have losses like that again. They just can't. Nick Shook, our good friend from NFL.com, texted me on Christmas Eve last year. Raiders are playing the Steelers. Text me at halftime. Q, Raiders better score some more points. If not, they're going to lose this game. You know how this story goes. And what happened? Lost again. That was the last game Derek Carr ever played. Called it. Called it at halftime. I was sitting at Vegas Justice House. We were up there chilling. And as soon as it got that text, I was like, man, Nick just reminded me of the worst, the worst reality of realities. If the Raiders don't score some more points real quick, fast, in a hurry, they're going to lose this game. Well, Merry Christmas. Took a L. Can't have that happen. 321 is the time. We'll take a quick break, get to your calls, get to your texts, and J.T. O'Sullivan will join us at 330. He's from the QB school. We'll talk all things Aiden O'Connell. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Snap, O'Connell looking left, looking left, now to his right. He's got room to run, and he's going to tuck it and run, and he's got room. O'Connell running for the first down, and he'll get it. Aiden O'Connell on that play, showing his legs, good timing. He surveyed the entire field. The seven yards did what he had to do on that play. I thought that was overall a really solid play for him. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Plays like that are what we're going to talk to J.T. O'Sullivan about when he joins the show in a matter of minutes. Aiden O'Connell making things happen. I had no expectations for Aiden O'Connell when the Raiders drafted him as a fourth-round pick out of Purdue. I didn't. First thing I said, you can go back and check the tape, check the film. It's fine. I think he's going to be a glorified backup, and he very well might. But what you saw from Aiden O'Connell in the preseason, I believe, gave a lot of Raider Nation hope that maybe this guy can turn into something, right? Again, I say it all the time. I don't have any problem coming back and saying, hey, maybe I'm wrong about this dude. I know that he's not the most mobile guy, but plays like that that, JG, that you just heard from JT, where he surveyed the field, surveyed the field, surveyed the field, didn't get happy feet, then saw the grass, open grass, and picked it up, went and got the first down. Those, those are the kind of plays that you have to have. When it's third down and, and four, if you can pick up seven and extend the drive, pick up seven and extend the drive. You've got to be able to do that. That last game against the Cowboys, one of the probably best plays that he had the whole game as far as I'm concerned. It wasn't a very good game for the Raiders, period. There was guys like Christian Wilkinson who did well. Aiden O'Connell did okay. But the play that stands out to me is the one where he rolled out, rolled out to his left side, right? The, the, the pass rush is getting to him, getting to him. He avoids that, keeps the play alive, keeps his eyes down the field and sees Michael Mayer opening it up. Hits Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer gives the DB the stiff arm, gives him the Heisman. Get off me. Ah. Picks up the first down. Those are plays that mean something. Those are plays that only go down in the stat sheet as a 10-yard gain, 12-yard gain, and a one completion. But those are, the, those are the different makers' plays right there. Instead of 
getting panicky, panicky, panicky. Uh-oh, oh, blank, something's about to happen and throw the ball away or, or take a sack or try to force it down the field and, and maybe get it picked. He kept cool, kept calm. He was collective, rolled out, escaped pressure, kept his eyes down the field, and boom, delivered a strike where only Michael Mayer could get it. He had had the DB on his back, did his best boxing out job, like he was a, a center in hoops, picked up the first down. Those are, bi- those are big plays. Those are plays, like I said, that won't be talked about a lot, but they go a long way in helping teams get victory. So J.T. O'Sullivan from the QB school, he'll join us coming up in a matter of minutes. We'll talk all things Aiden O'Connell. We threw the question out there about the Raiders surprising people this upcoming season because what? Or if you're on the other side of things, the Raiders will disappoint this season because of what? Got tons of text still to get to. This one right here is from the 559. Represent that 559. Raiders will surprise people because it's another year in McDaniel's system and Patrick Graham's system. Broncos new coaching staff going to take a year or two to adapt. Charges as long as Brandon Staley goes for it every fourth down. Don't have a chance. And for per usual, it's always us trying to dethrone the Chiefs. That's from the 559. And I think that Brandon Staley has kind of gone away from Brandon Staley type things. He didn't really go for it on fourth down believe in his analytics like he, he did his, his first year. Uh, he didn't really do that that much last year. Uh, but now he's got Kellen Moore, and I think they're going to throw the ball all around the yard. So just expect to see the ball up in the air, and then we'll see what happens from there. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course, Denver, I think they are a better team with Sean Payton, but I do believe that it's going to take longer for them to get going like you mentioned. So thanks so much for that text. We do appreciate you. Join us now on the phone line, as promised, J.T. O'Sullivan, the QB school, at the QB school on Twitter. And, J.T., thanks so much for your time, man. It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to work this out, but I think the time is is perfect. We want to talk all things Aiden O'Connell. And when you're breaking down film and you're looking at quarterbacks, what are you looking for, like traits that are you looking for to realize that this guy could be a good player in the NFL? Whew. I mean, the list is long, but the I think for Aiden O'Connell, the thing that just jumped off of it, jumped off the film, is his ability to just look in command and deliver the ball where it's supposed to be, on time, and just kind of fluid, but also, you know, polished as far as his footwork, his base, the timing. It looked like he was a veteran in that system, knew exactly where the ball should go, and the uh, decisiveness that he was able to kind of distribute the ball with. Just really impressive all preseason. Was that your expectations for him coming out of college? <laughs> so uh, I have a pretty uh, passionate group of people that like to give me advice on on who I need to look at coming out of the draft, and okay. I – tried to get film of Purdue and just never could. So I never watched his college film, tried to get a little bit of it and just never followed through with it. And so these preseason games have been really the only games that I've ever gone back to and looked at with any sort of detail. And uh, the, you know, I'm kind of mad at myself for not going back and getting a chance to watch it more at Purdue because he looks like he's ready to go and can contribute and help, uh, help the Raiders. Yeah, he does, and I think a lot of Raider Nation are excited about Aiden O'Connell and the possibilities that he could bring in this Josh McDaniels system. And, and I wanted to ask you about Josh McDaniels, and you've seen different quarterbacks that he's coached up. Can you see a guy like Aiden O'Connell fitting in with what Coach McDaniels likes to do? Oh, absolutely. I, in fact, I would, I would probably make the argument that he looks like what I would imagine the prototype is for Josh as far as someone who looks like they're totally in command, very decisive, polish that kind of over-the-top delivery able to kind of get the ball out on time where it needs to be and just make really good decisions within the structure of what McDaniels is trying to do offensively there and so when you see him do it so consistently 
so young and so kind of like green when it comes to being a rookie in your first preseason and things going fast. I think the the excitement and the room for him to grow within the system makes it even more impressive. JT O'Sullivan, the QB schools, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How much can you take in general from what you see in the preseason? Because you know that the defenses are very vanilla at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's fair. It, it's not the same as the regular season, just like the regular season is not the same as the playoffs. But I think you can take a lot from it, you know, especially for a guy who, who maybe isn't a top-tier, you know, guaranteed first-round pick. You know, you're, you're going to be on the team, that type of thing. Where a guy who comes in and really splashes and shows and looks like he belongs and looks like he belongs with, you know, running with potentially some of the first-team guys out there, I think you can take a lot from that. It doesn't mean that it's going to translate exactly like that during the regular season. But I think that if, you know, you're looking for positive steps in the right direction, I'm always looking for upward trajectory of improvement. You know, that that's exactly what you want to do when you come in early on in your career, have a great preseason, and then hopefully have an opportunity to play at some point. One of the things that stood out to me the most about Aiden during the preseason was the fact that he would stand in that pocket and look down the field and survey, you know, go through all his progressions and all his reads, and he never got happy feet. Is that something that, as a quarterback, you either have that or you don't? I think it comes more natural to some guys more than others. You know, I, I think the flip side of that coin is you could maybe say, you know, maybe he's not the most dynamic cat in the in the position, you know, if that makes sense, as far yeah. as what other athletes look like right now across the landscape of the league. But I think it's a real positive if you can use it to kind of, first of all, it's a number of things. It allows you to kind of hold on to that ball to the very last second and kind of stare down the barrel and deliver the ball down the field. And I th- your teammates love that. Your offensive line loves that. You know, that's something that really can galvanize and show the courage of what it takes to play quarterback on Sundays. But the other part about it is it does limit you in some degree. You know, there I think actually he had a pretty nice play this past preseason game where he got out on the edge to the left and made a nice little throw-off platform. Yes. I just don't necessarily think that's his game. And so as long as you understand your strengths, you still have the capacity to get out and create every once in a while. But to know, hey, I'd rather just hang in here, maybe a, a hitch longer, take a big shot and deliver the ball down the field as opposed to bailing at the first sign of kind of a lane. It's just different ways to play the position, and that's the beautiful thing about the position. Can a guy that's limited to a certain extent with the athleticism nowadays in 2023, can he thrive at the quarterback position in the NFL? Sure. I mean, absolutely. It, it just There's no one way to do the position. I think it, right. you know, it goes in waves, and I think as more and more younger good athletes play quarterback you know, in the past, uh, you know, maybe they push those guys to running back or to linebacker. Well, now those best athletes are oftentimes getting pushed to quarterback. And so uh, that's the kind of trend I see when I see the athleticism that's coming up through the pipeline. But you can absolutely be a starter, be a longtime pro as a guy who is much more of a pocket, good decisions, you know, those types of things that I think certainly still has a place in the game. Talking all things Aiden O'Connell right now with J.T. O'Sullivan here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How much do you think that Brian Hoyer, the presence of the 15-year veteran, helps Aiden O'Connell learn the system, especially in the regular season where third-string quarterbacks aren't going to get a lot of attention from the coach? Yeah, you know, I don't know is, is the honest answer. I think all those relationships are always unique and to kind of those dudes and not knowing either of those guys, mm-hmm. you would hope that it's a great opportunity to, to learn from someone who's seen a lot of the stuff happen and, and be able to kind of learn the ropes really quickly. But at the same time, you know, if there's an opportunity to play, 
You know, I think both those guys are going to want to play. And I, to be honest with you, I don't. I, I think Aiden O'Connell has put himself in a great position to be the guy that goes in there and, and earns that opportunity if they know they've got you know a full week to get him ready to go play. And so, you know, I don't know how the depth chart, you know, how they publicly say it, but I mean, the way that Aiden O'Connell has played, he's played himself into that position to potentially get an opportunity if something happens to Jimmy. From what you've seen on film, what do you think that his biggest concern should be or his, his biggest, you know, thing that he needs to work on the most? Let's put it like that. Well, I mean, I don't know if there was necessarily like a, a huge weakness that jumped off the film. I think he does a really good job of staying within himself. You know, you don't see a whole lot of, you know, those circus wow throws, the off-platform throws that you might see some from some other guys. What I loved about it, especially early on in the preseason, he was really showing some great – ability to hang in the pocket and really have this like really strong firm base and anticipate where a lot of those overs were. It felt like he hit like five or six overs going from right to left and just right on the money and really precise and polished where you wouldn't expect a, a lot of young guys to be able to navigate the pocket like that, to be able to play within the numbers or within the hashes. And so just to see that kind of growth, to be able to do that and then know that hey, maybe I'm not going to rip, you know, 15-yard comebacks to the wide side all the time. He might have that club in his bag, but it's not necessarily like the arm strength as of the strongest guy in the league, those types of things. To know your strength, know your game, and to be able to play within yourself, I think is a big strength, especially for a young guy. Again, we're talking with J.T. O'Sullivan, the QB school here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. Something else that stood out to me was the fact that, and you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, hanging in the pocket and that the receivers love that. He also didn't set the receivers up for big hits, right? I mean, there are certain times where he threw the ball and really put it where they had to throttle down so they didn't take that big shot, or he put the ball in a place where it was either the receiver was going to get the ball or nobody. How, how advanced is that <laughs> to, to see kind of ball placement like that that we saw in the preseason? I mean, I think it shows a number of things. I think it shows his kind of football IQ, his awareness to be able to protect your guys. You know, you never like to see those ambulance shots that are kind of out of today's game. Every once in a while, you'll definitely see guys put in harm's way and see, you know, any time a perimeter guy has to, like, alligator arm something or shorty his his ability to go across the middle. I know guys really appreciate that on the perimeter. I just think it shows a combination of his – precision with his ball placement, which I, I think is, is kind of undervalued, especially for a guy who's more of a pocket guy. To be able to put the ball where you want, when you want, consistently is a really great trait. And it's one of those things that can absolutely be improved, but to do it naturally is one of those things that is a real skill. And you see it a lot, whether it's talking about earlier on those overs or even this past preseason game, kind of that like go ball fade line drive down the sideline that we saw down the field. Those are just, those are big time throws where you're putting it right where you want and to do it in a game situation preseason or not super impressive. Is there any kind of a moment where you, you can look at somebody on film and say, okay, yeah, he absolutely does get it. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily for Aiden O'Connell, but for like to flip it a little bit, like a guy like Bryce Young, mm -hmm. a guy who potentially shows ridiculous anticipation. You know, I, I think those are the things that, that for me, when I watch, when I turn on the film and you see multiple shots of big time anticipation where you're throwing deep balls down the field and you're letting it go really early with trust and precision. That to me jumps off the film as like, oh, this guy totally understands that he's at a next level. That's a veteran, veteran move to be able to do that and to do it multiple times in your first preseason is, uh, is, is showing me elite stuff. JT O'Sullivan is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Let me ask you this. Why is it so difficult 
for organizations to evaluate a quarterback coming out of college and going into the NFL? Oh man, if I had the if I had the answer to this question, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be whatever GM chair I wanted. Right. Uh, no, I mean it, it is a it's a complicated thing because it's a complicated position. Yeah. And it, and it does take a lot of different traits, and there's no one way to do it. And so much of it also has to do with luck and fit. You know, you have to be, you know, one of the things that's kind of uh, bizarre about the NFL or American sports in general, in my opinion, is that congratulations, you're the best player, you know, best collegiate player or amateur. You're going to go to the worst organization, the worst team from the previous year. And so you're already starting in a tough spot if you're one of the higher draft picks. And so it's, it's hard to, uh, to hit on those things. The timing has to be right. And you have to stay healthy. You know, you look at a guy like Trey Lance and someone who's, you know, maybe was potentially overdrafted to say the least, but you know, he didn't draft himself number three, right? You know, he went there, got nicked up multiple times and now you're in a tough situation and someone else plays well. And you know, this league is unforgiving. And so, so many things have to go your way that uh, it's, it's one of those things that it's really hard to be able to kind of put it all together. But I think at the end of the day, there are a lot of people who value different things in the position and when they get their opportunity to pick, you know, you'll only usually get one choice. And if you miss on that one choice, you know, you're probably looking for a different job unless you're the 49ers. <laughs> right. You mentioned multiple ways to do it and get it done. Is there, a, is there a preference that you have when it comes to play a quarterback early or let him sit? Uh, I, I'm definitely a, a fan of playing. You know, okay. I, I think there is a fine line where it can be such a dumpster fire that it definitely sets you back and is a detriment. And so if you're in a position where you feel like they can protect themselves, meaning they feel confident at the line of scrimmage, we feel good enough up front that we can, you know, have a comprehensive drop back game and not get someone killed every single Sunday. And you've got enough weapons out there to give them an opportunity to be successful. You might not win a lot of games, mm -hmm. but they're improving week in and week out, as opposed to taking steps backwards because they're seeing ghosts because they get hurt because there's no sort of like, tangible improvement week in and week out. I think it's really beneficial to play. Uh, you know, I think the times have changed when it comes to that. I think back in the day, decade or two ago, you know, it was really a benefit to be able to sit and watch. But now because of the way the rookie contracts are structured and really just how many good young quarterbacks there are, you really, you have to play. You got to figure out what you got in a guy and you got to do it quickly. JT, we've been asking a lot about Aiden O'Connell and your thoughts on him. I did want to ask you about the Raiders' starting quarterback right now, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, Josh McDaniels brought him in as a free agent. He's QB1. How do you see, when you look at, at Jimmy Garoppolo on film, what do you see from him, and, and how do you think he'll use those weapons he has, like a Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs in the backfield, and others to his advantage? I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has proven he's a very good professional quarterback. I, I know he gets he has a bad rap from a few different levels because of just how it went down with San Francisco, specifically, you know, the Super Bowl and probably his health more than anything else. And that's kind of the, the underlying factor is can he stay healthy? Can they find ways to protect him? Because I think he does a great job. In fact, I really, really like the way that he plays the position as far as his base, his decision-making, his ability to get it out quickly. Now you're not going to see a lot of, you know, massive wow throws, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen throws off platform out of structure. But what Jimmy does in the pocket, on time, in rhythm, he does really well. And, you know, what that looks like with those weapons, you know, I think we'll see. I think those guys potentially might get a little frustrated, which is his lack of – he's not going to get out and create like right. maybe some of those guys have played with with other guys who were a little bit more 
freelance once they break contain. You know, I think it's a lot more in structure. So just getting those touches, getting that creativity in structure is a different approach, a different way to play. You can definitely do it, and he's proven he can do it, and the dude wins. I know he was in an organization that played good defense, but the dude wins. And so looking for that to translate to what they want to do in 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 Las Vegas. <laughs> right. No, no doubt about it. And so a uh, final question for you when it comes to Jimmy G, we'll wrap it up on this. Everything that I see and have read and, like I said, witnessed for my own self, he does really well in the red zone. He's able to throw that ball into the end zone with a lot of success. What does it take to be a really good red zone quarterback? Oh, that's a good question, man. I, I really think red zone is one of those things where it highlights your deficiencies. And so if you're not really precise with your ball location – if you don't have some level of anticipation, you're going to struggle in the red zone in the dropback game because windows are tighter, space is confined, everything is more condensed. So everything, you know, there's a lot of throwing people open. There's a lot of understanding concepts and leverage and where we're trying to work, who we're trying to kind of read off of if we've got different reads. And so that stuff, I think you can only, usually guys get better and better over the course of their career with not only their confidence, but their efficiency and effectiveness in the red zone because everything is harder. I always thought the best reps in practice, the best reps in training camp were always those full 11-on-11 red zone reps, even 7-on-7 red zone reps because everything is tighter, more condensed. It's a lot of fun to get out there and be able to be precise. And, you know, I think everybody loves to to throw touchdown passes. It's one of those things that if if you're a quarterback and you don't like throwing touchdown passes, it's probably not the position for you. And so to be able to go out there and be really efficient at it at the highest level is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, it really is. And and I'm hoping that Jimmy G and the Raiders are able to be a lot more efficient in the red zone than they have for years. Uh, they've been a struggle in the red zone. So that's one of his strengths. So we'll be paying attention to that in a major way. Well, JT, fantastic stuff, man. Your work is great. Been following you on Twitter for a long time. We, we've been trying to connect since, I think, the draft. And so uh, fantastic that this is the time we were able to hook up. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Oh, man, I appreciate it. I'm just having a blast on YouTube. I, I really enjoy doing all these kind of breakdowns, a little bit deeper dives, and a lot of people get an opportunity to see on, on different networks and broadcasts. So I just – I honestly do whatever quarterback stuff I think is interesting, and, and hopefully it resonates with people that like the same stuff. Well, I'll tell you right now, man, if you do some more Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy G stuff, just uh, just tag your boy. <laughs> just hit me up and tomorrow, let me know. <laughs> Aiden O'Connell, tomorrow. You're ready. There it is. Great stuff. JT, thanks so much for your time, man. Definitely appreciate you. No problem, Q. Have a good one. All right, you too. There he goes. Hey, great stuff right there. J.T. O'Sullivan, the QB school, at the QB school on Twitter. And I'm telling you, if you're not paying attention to his, his YouTube page and checking out his breakdowns, and like I said, Raider Nation, you hit me up and said, Q, I, need, I think you need to get this guy on the show. And I was like, oh, it's already done. We, I mean, literally, I booked him last week. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as the confirmation came through, I told Ari, Ari, we got him. It's in. We're good. Let's do it. And I, I, I kid you not when I say I've been working on, on getting JT on the show since the draft, before the draft, when we were talking about QBs. I wanted to go through all the guys that we were talking about. Guess who I wouldn't have brought up if I got him before the draft? I wouldn't have brought up Aiden O'Connell. That's for damn sure. I would have brought up Anthony Richardson. I'd have brought up Bryce Young. I'd have talked about C.J. Stroud. I might, for S's and giggles, might have brought up Will Levis. I wouldn't have brought up Aiden O'Connell. Glad it worked out the way it did because we got some really good stuff on potentially QB1, QB2, currently QB3, but a guy that, as JT just pointed out, sounds like he fits really well with what Josh McDaniels wants to do. We'd love to hear from you, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r You can chime in on what you just heard, or you can chime in on the topic that we've been talking about. The Raiders will surprise people this upcoming season because what? 
or if you're on the other side of things, the Raiders will disappoint this season because what? Let us know about it, man. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Literally just found out in the commercial break, Lincoln Kennedy, the great Lincoln Kennedy, will join us every Tuesday and Thursday at 3.30 p.m. starting on Tuesday, September 5th. 3.30. Put it in your notes. I mean, you should be, you know, tuning in at 2 o'clock anyway. But just in case something's going on and you can't get on the show right away, 3.30, Tuesdays and Thursdays throughout the course of the regular season for the Silver and Black. Lincoln Kennedy will be joining the show starting this upcoming Tuesday. So it's always great when we catch up with Lincoln. Look forward to it. Uh, twice a week we're going to get that greatness. So Tuesday is going to be fire. I might, I might stop the show on, uh, after Tuesday. I might be like, you know what? I'm just going to head to the weekend right now. I've done my job for the duty for you the week. You will do no such thing. I know. I would not even, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if I had that opportunity. And I wouldn't let you anyway, but, like, I have a choice. You're going to do it. Right, <laughs> There's I, no way you're stopping. Yeah, there ain't no way. If anything, I'll be like, man, let's get an extra hour. <laughs> right, I can keep this party rolling. But, yeah, Lincoln Kennedy every Tuesday and Thursday at 3.30 here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio 920, starting this upcoming Tuesday. So look forward to that. Uh, how about this text right here we got at the 69187 keyword R&R, so don't be broke.com text line. This one's for the 209. What up, Q? What I remember from last season towards the end was our quarterback at the time just sitting by himself. No type of motivation or hyping people up going on. Look completely defeated. The team will be better if that completely changes this year. Hold guys accountable, but also root when they're rolling. And I, 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 message, I, I bring up that one because, and again, I'm focusing on the defense more than anything else. That's something that Max has said, and that's something that Max has done throughout the course of preseason. You know he didn't play much. But what did you see through every game? You saw Max on the sideline cheering his guys on, not sitting on the bench with his hat on backwards and sunflower seeds in his mouth. He was standing up next to coach, next to other players, and when something happened good, he's running up and down the field celebrating with his guys. And that's something he said to us that they have to do. I don't remember his exact words, but it was something about celebrate each other. Celebrate the guys, right? Celebrate the plays that you make. It's hard to make good plays in the league. When you're making good plays, you got to go out there and celebrate them. It doesn't matter if it was Nesta Jade Silvera making the play or it was a Marcus Peters or whoever the case may be, right? It didn't matter. He was cheering on everybody and rooting everybody on. That means something. Again, I go back to body language. I never is a, uh, am a fan, and I'm not singling out anybody. I have never been a fan of seeing a bunch of guys just sitting on the bench. I've never been a fan of that. And maybe that's because I never played at a high level of anything. But I just know that every sport that I ever played, I was always up, standing up, cheering on my guys. If I wasn't in the game, I was always cheering on my guys because that, that means something, right? Also, you're the eyes and the ears. I mean, playing football, when, when, there's, when there's a run play, what do you hear on the sideline? Run! Run! Pass! Pass! I mean, that's, that's what they do. You can't do that from the bench. So when you're up cheering your guys on and engaged in the game, that means something. It really does. So I like, I like that text a lot. 
because I do believe that you're going to see a lot more cheering guys on. And that's, again, that's not exclusive to one person. That's a culture, right? There's that C word again that we've been talking about, culture. The culture of cheering your guys on, rooting for your guys, being the eyes and ears for your guys when they're on the field and you're standing on the sideline. How can you contribute to the game even if you're not in the game? That's a culture thing. If they can adapt something like that, and I'm not saying they will, but I know that's something that Max has talked about. If they do that, that gives them a chance. That's, 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 that's keeping them all together as a unit, as a team, not, not as an offensive line, not as a secondary, not as a D line, but as a team. And team is all that matters. Coming up next, Evan Cohen from ESPN. He'll kick off hour number three of the show. It's Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.